if y'all were here last week, you know that I didn't have a voice. And I have not tried to sing all week, and I got up this morning and realized I could. So I was going to lead again today. (laughs) God gave me the ability to sing again. I appreciate that. But uh, stand with me, if you would. We're going to sing the song, How Great Is Our God. It's a beautiful song, How Great Is Our God. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. to age he stands and time is in his hands beginning and the end beginning and the end the Godhead three in one Father, Spirit, Son the Lion and the Lamb Lion and the Lamb, how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. We're thankful to have you today. I'd like for you to take a moment, if you would, welcome those around you, just a few of those around you, and then we'll keep going with this song. But take a moment just to welcome those, if you would. Oh, my Savior God. 
my soul, my Savior God, to Sunday School Bible Study, small group time over the last few weeks, especially for two weeks, you've been looking at the story of Noah and the flood. We didn't spend a lot of time, just a week on each part, and, but it made me stop and think over these last few weeks with Noah. What would Noah have to say to us right now as a church? Embarking on what I call a God adventure with East Side and, and how we're, we're seeing that transition beginning to happen even this morning. And what would Noah say to me and you? Well, I'm in Genesis chapter 6. I want you to listen to these words. Beginning in verse 13. Then God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled with wickedness because of them. Therefore, I'm going to destroy them along with the earth. So make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and outside. This is how long or how you're to make it. The ark will be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. You're to make a roof, finishing the sides of the ark to walk within 18 inches of the roof. You are to put a door on the side of the ark, make it with lower, middle, and upper decks. And understand I'm bringing the flood. Flood waters on the earth to destroy every creature under heaven with the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will die, but, but I love this, I will establish my covenant with you. And you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife, and your son's wife. You are also to bring into the ark two of every living creature, male and female, and keep them alive with you. Two of everything, from the birds according to their kinds, from the livestock according to their kinds, and from the animals that crawl on the ground, crawl on the ground according to their kind, will come to you so that you may keep them alive. Did you catch that? Will come to you. Take with you every kind of food that is eaten. Gather it as food for you and for them. And then our focal verse, I printed it in our bulletin this morning. And Noah did this. He did everything God had commanded him. I believe Noah has a lot to tell us this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for men like Noah who took a stand for you. Lord, even though it took 100 years to build that ark, he didn't stop. After all the ridicule, all the making fun of him, and probably, Lord, all the protests to get him to stop building the ark, he never stopped. You said there would be a flood. Noah believed. 
Didn't matter that he couldn't understand the circumstances. Didn't matter that he couldn't figure anything out. You just told him to build a boat 450 feet long in his backyard. Nowhere near any water. But yet there was going to come a great flood. Father, I pray for me that I would have the faith like Noah. That Satan could not mess up my faith. That Satan could not make me doubt I really could build a 450-foot ship if I needed to. And that you called me to do what I do. Lord, thank you. I remember that day. I remember that time. And I thank you like Noah. Not only have I never forgotten that call has been with me since I stand, as I stand even right here this morning. And Lord, I don't pray this prayer just for me. But I pray it for all of us in this house. Give us the faith like Noah. May you be honored and praised, Father. Thank you that we can stand and sing how great is our God and how great you are. Noah believed that without question. And, oh, Father, help us to do the same. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a, a young man, I think he's 23 years old, and Ottawa, Canada, who had an incredible voice. He would sing in, in church and um, just mesmerize the people there and went to New York and got a, a more training in music and voice and just really had an incredible voice. And there he went and uh, to sing in a radio station to audition for some people that were you know higher up that could give him you know a better better career. And these men told him that they wanted him to, to sing for them. And they wanted him, they asked him to sign a contract and to dedicate his life to singing. But they wanted him to sing what they wanted him to sing. They didn't want him to sing in church anymore. They wanted him to, to uh, do more pop music and that kind of thing. Well, his mother had come across a poem that was written years before. And the night that he was trying to make that decision and what he was going to do, his mother put the po- put that poem on the piano, and he came in and was playing the piano. He played and sang too and um, was looking at that poem. And God spoke to him, and he realized that what he was supposed to do was do God's music, not the world's music. And that song is, I'd rather have Jesus. We're going to sing it in just a minute. We're going to sing another word song first, but... But the words of the song, I'd rather have Jesus, I'd rather have Jesus than anything that this world affords today. And he made the stand that night. His name was George Beverly Shea. You probably all remember him from uh, traveling with Billy Graham. But he wrote the word, the music to that song but the, that had already been written in a poem. But um, I think we all, just like Noah did in his day, we have that decision to make today. Are we going to stand for God and what he wants us to stand for or are we going to give in 
and allow the world to change our perspective and be more like the world. This first song that we're going to sing in this set is The Cry of My Heart. And I think that's more of a contemporary song of I'd Rather Have Jesus because it talks about that the cry of our heart should be to follow God. So go ahead and stand if you would. We're just going to just a couple of short songs and sing with us. Cry of My Heart. It is the cry of my heart to follow you. It is the cry of my heart to be close to you. It is the cry of my heart to follow all of the days of my life. Teach me your holy ways, O Lord, so I can walk in your truth. Teach me your holy ways, O Lord, and make me wholly devoted to you. It is the cry of my heart to follow you. It is the cry of my heart to be close to you. It is the cry of my heart to follow all of the days of my life. Open my eyes so I can see the wonderful things that you do. Open my heart up more and more and make it wholly devoted to you. It is the cry of my heart to follow you. It is the cry of my heart to be close to you. It is the cry of my heart to follow all of the days of my life. All of the days of my life. All of the days of my than silver or gold. I'd rather be His than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be I'd rather 
have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to His holy name than to be the King of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than sanctuary today believes the words of this song and Lord in everything that we do in our lives whether that be at our workplace and our families that we would truly follow the words of this song and Lord in everything that we would rather have you than, than anything else it doesn't matter what the world offers to us Lord it doesn't matter because we want to follow you we want to honor you and everything that we do. Help us, help the young people here, the, the, the older people, everybody in between. Lord, help us each day to think about what you can do in our lives and how that you can affect those people around us, Lord. Help us not to be caught up in what the world wants to do, caught up in what the world wants to drag us into, Lord, but instead to honor you in everything that we do. We know that we're going to be persecuted, Lord. We know that we're going to face trials and persecutions and heartache. But, Lord, we know that you're there for us. And we know even though we are going to go through hard times, Lord, we've got a home in heaven we can look forward to. And, Lord, we're going to study about Noah right now, Lord. And we know that he has a home in heaven. He was faithful to you. He honored you. He did things that we could never even dream of doing, Lord. He followed you when it looked like craziness. And Lord, you're going to call us in, in future days to do some of those same things. But just help us to stay strong, to honor you and to follow you in everything that we do. Just pray that you be with this offering now and just be with uh, our pastor, Lord, as he presents your, your message to us, Lord. Just give him strength and courage as he 
uh, shares your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God's people said. Yeah. Thank you, George. Folks, I'm in Genesis chapter 6, right where we were a few minutes ago in verse 13. And a title, What Would Noah Do? Together with Eastside Baptist Church, we have embarked on a union to better reach this community for Jesus Christ. I've called it, and I believe it is, a God adventure. Because it's a step of faith for all three situations and congregations of coming together, step by step. It's the North American Mission Board's legacy model, that is, one of the parts of a legacy model is multi-campus ministries of the same church. And through Eastside, we've joined with the former Welcome All in Smyrna with three different campuses to come together as one body of Christ to do more than we could possibly have done separate together to bring people to Jesus. 
Such effort is not easy. But you know what? It's exciting. God has called us to step out on faith, to move us out of our comfort zones. There are not a one of us in this room that's not been called on to step outside their comfort zones. And even our individual legacies to continue the legacy of what God has put here and to build a new one. As part of the Explore the Bible series in our small groups and Sunday school You spent those times looking at Noah and the flood. We spent Wednesday night for a couple of weeks together looking at what Noah and that flood means for us today and looking back into the history of it. You see, God called Noah to step out of his comfort zone, to say the least. God's call to Noah was something to do something simply unheard of in his day. And God's call to Noah was for Noah to keep his focus on God no matter what the world would say. Sounds to me like God was calling Noah to do something like the legacy model of the North American Mission Board to revitalize churches. God called the man, step out of where he was, and I can just hear Noah when God said, I want you to build a ship. And Noah says, Lord, are you said you said what? And I'm sure the very first time perhaps you heard from our deacons and others about the possibility of how God could bring all this together, you said the same thing. You said to do what? I'm convinced God is calling all his springs to be part of a legacy of a God adventure. In 1880, August, a group of people sat together around perhaps a table in a conference room. I don't know. Maybe in a small building right over here on Atlanta Road at the railroad shanties and to build a church in this community to minister to the railroad. That set off 185 years worth of history. And then on August the 30th and September 27th, God allowed a group of people in two churches to come together in their respective locations and to do exactly the same thing, to build this. You know, All this study of the flood and Noah, I have looked at that over the last 38 years, 37 years. And there's some things that God has shown me through Noah's life that, I mean, it parallels where we are individually and as a church to the T. I was intrigued in that study to the point that Once I prepared for the Sunday school lesson, I went back and started jotting things down. And I have a little recorder on my phone, and I recorded statements. That's, you know, that's how when you get 63, at least for me, I remember stuff as I record it. And hopefully I remember exactly where I recorded it. But I began to look at Noah, and wow, folks, it was absolutely incredible. I want to show you those four things in just a minute, but before I do, let me take you, give you some background. I know you studied this. Some of it will be you already know, but maybe some things 
perhaps might catch your ear you didn't know. First of all, the Bible said that Noah was a good and righteous man. He was the father of three children, you know, and they were born to him when Noah was 500 years old. I can't imagine having a little baby. Uh, my grandson, different ballgame, he's five now, but starting that process over, even at 63, I wonder at 500 how that took place. Then God came to Noah and he said, No, I'm going to wipe out mankind from the face of the earth. And the Bible says that Noah walked with God and stood blameless. That God gave him specific instructions for building an ark by which Noah would survive the coming flood. Now get this picture with me. The Bible says that Noah, because of his faithfulness, had found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God commissioned Noah to build a big boat, a seaworthy vessel with the following dimensions, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide. Now just think about this. And 45 feet high. Now, where was he going to build this ship? In the middle of nowhere, folks. He didn't build it near water. There was no known possible way to move that vessel and drop it in water somewhere. It was built out in the middle of nowhere. But let me show you a size perspective that really, I've got a couple pictures up here I want to show you that will emphasize what I'm trying to do and trying to say. The replica of Noah's Ark, this one that's on the picture, if you got that one, Andrew, there you are, yes sir. It's 1 to a 75 scale, 1 slash 75. That's a railroad car. That's the Ark, obviously. But it gives you some type perspective. Now, while you're looking at that picture, these ships, so the ship and the railroad car are the exact the same scale. And the full-size version of the railroad stock car model is for that, just this little car right here, is 44 feet long and has a capacity of 2,670 cubic feet. And we know the ark's volume was 1,518,000 cubic feet, which equals to 569 of those cars that could go inside this ark. Strung together, those railroad cars would make a train five and one half miles long. In his backyard. The floor space of the ark would be 101,000 square feet. To put that in perspective, more than 21 standard college basketball courts. But then I want you to see another picture. Do you all remember in the kids' stuff, you know, where's Waldo, you know? I want you to pick out where Waldo is. It'll come up in a minute, that picture. 
And when it does, somewhere in the course of that, there is a man. When you see the man, would you raise your hand? No pun intended. Some of you may have seen this before. It's been around. But it's a neat perspective. When you see the man, just wave at him. You know, when you see this in its perspective, See that little guy right there? Kind of puts things... How would you like to walk out your back door and see that? Do you think, for example, that people would ridicule you? I wonder if building a union together with a legacy model is much like this right here. I wonder if you and I feel sometimes like that little guy right there. Lord, this thing is just beyond me. You're doing what at your church? The exact same thing God, the people said to Noah. Folks, there are four things I want to show you. You know the Bible says it took a hundred years to construct this. The Bible says, Genesis chapter 7, verse 6, Noah was 600 years old when the flood water started. He was 500 when he started building it. The Bible tells us in Matthew 24 that as the days of Noah were, so will there be when the coming of the Son of Man takes place. So, what would Noah do? There are four things I want to tell you. They're in that line, and really I wrote them down for you. There's the fact, there's the instruction, there's the promise, and there's the commitment. And I want you to watch with me how these parallel exactly where we are. Here is the fact. Verse 13. Then God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence because in them, therefore, I'm going to destroy them along with the earth. Here's the fact. God will do what he said. Noah believed that without wavering. God will do what He says. God told Noah He was going to do two things. God said, I'm going to put an end to all people. He was going to destroy mankind, both them and the earth. Picture God confronting and revealing this very fact of judgment. I mean, Noah must have been stricken with absolute terror. The picture, can you imagine, of no life, total destruction. I asked the question last Wednesday evening and last Sunday morning. I wonder what they, the people, saw when Noah and his family walked out of the ark that very first time. Water can be so and is so destructive. Forty days and forty nights of rain that you and I cannot even imagine. We had rain here years ago in 2009 for about a week and our whole area was flooded. We had to make new routes to get to church. 
God revealed that he was going to put an end to all people. God will do what he said. And then God revealed why he was going to destroy man. Because man filled the earth with violence. Now that word violence in the Hebrew doesn't mean to shoot somebody. It's not that type violence. The word violence there means simply what it says. Sin anything that is an absolute, complete, total, opposite response to God. Sin. First society became corrupt. They became filled with sin. Not just most persons, folks. The Bible says every person had forsaken God. Noah was the righteous man on this earth. Imagine being the only godly person on this earth. Standing all alone in one's confession to God. In worshiping and witnessing God. But Noah never wavered. God will do what He says. Don't ever forget that. His will will always be done. Bible says that His church will thrive. Matthew 16, 18, And I say to you, you are Petros, Peter. And upon this Petra, P-E-T-R-A in the Greek, rock. Not Peter, the very rock of God Himself. I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell won't ever prevail against it. Folks, God's desire is that His bride, the church, always thrive. And no one knew, first of all, God would do what He says. God will do what He says. Without question. And you and I must have such faith that we trust God. Even when all the circumstances, we can't figure it out. Even though we don't understand Him. Even though we are saying, they want you to do what? Then our response ought to be, this is a God thing. And our prayer is that God could only take credit for it. No man could take credit. For anything that's being done. Wow. There's a second thing. God will do what he says. But then Noah understood something. The instruction. It's found in verses 14 through 17. Listen to these verses. He said, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and out. 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Make a roof, finish it. Sides of the ark to within 18 inches of the roof. Put a door in the side of the ark. Make it with lower, middle, and upper decks. Three decks. Understand I'm bringing a flood. Flood waters on the earth to destroy every creature under heaven. With the breath of life in it, everything on earth will die. The instruction is simply this. Folks, write this down. Build the ark God's way. When we step out on faith to build a union... To reach out, to come together. We've got to do it God's way. What is God's way? Seek the truth piece by piece by piece. Take it one step at a time. Don't rush God. Don't get ahead of God. For years of my life, I got ahead of God. I can tell you I did. 
In the last 20 years, I've learned to slow it down and let God make sure he knows what we're doing piece by piece and follow him. God will do what he said he was going to do in the instruction, do it God's way. Don't reinvent the wheel. You see, we have a problem with control. Now, God, you set this up. That's good. But now, let me... Let me do, let me, let me. I, I think if we do this, this, and this, and this, this, and this. Folks, Noah's relationship with God was so close that God called him the most righteous man on the face of this earth. As we said before, he and Noah had a hotline to heaven, to say the least. But what if we had that kind of faith? What if we all had that kind of faith where... We never said it's up to any higher control. Folks, it's not about us. It's everything about God. Let's make sure together, as Laura Roswell Road, as Smyrna, as right here at Olive Springs, we all make sure we come together and do it God's way. November 1st at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, there's going to be a celebration here in this sanctuary. We're bringing the church together. All three campuses. And folks, we're going to have a praise time like you would not believe. You don't want to miss this. We're doing it at 5 o'clock, so it's earlier. It's not going to be a long time, but it's going to be a time that you don't want to miss as we come together. You have an opportunity that night as we line this place and others to officially join Eastside, to come together. Don't forget that. November 1st, it's in your bulletin. Keith will tell you more about it before we close in just a minute. Make sure we understand God's instruction to me and you. Build the ark. Do it exactly. That's what Noah had to understand. He couldn't say to God, now, Lord, here's what I think we need to do. I know you say you're through the three levels, but maybe we need to do this. God said, build it like I tell you to do. He used the gopher wood. Gopher wood. We're not sure what kind of wood that is, but most scholars believe it was probably a cypress, an evergreen tree, which is very adaptable to shipbuilding. It lasts long if it gets soaked with water. Some of the cypress, they say, even grow in the swamp. God told Noah to make sure the rooms, that there were separate rooms or cabins, positioned off. The ark was to be waterproofed by sealing the boards inside and out. Here's what blows me away. When you go back and look at the Hebrew language, in English you can't see this, in Hebrew you can. And it talks about seal it with pitch inside and out. Now, the pitch was a rosin-type thing. It was a sealant. But the word used for pitch is the same word used for atonement. Think about that. What happened to the tomb of Jesus? It was what? Sealed. By the Roman seal. The ark was sealed. You and I are what? Sealed. You see, we do it God's way. It'll be sealed from the inside 
and the out. You know, Satan can't harm you as a child of God. Oh, he can oppress you. He can't possess you. He can't get inside you. Why? You're sealed. You ever thought about that? Oh, he can tempt you. And he does. The demons of hell come after you. But the demons of hell and Satan himself cannot get inside the life of a child of God. Why? Because you are sealed by the blood of Jesus. But he'll cause havoc, that's for sure. That's why you're sealed from the in, the outside. And then the Lord says, I seal that ark from the inside out. You, I seal you from the inside out. What's he talking about? Your sin. He separates it as far as the east is from the west. We talked in, in Sunday school Bible study of the ark having the one door. Who opened that door? You remember? Noah closed it. We got the people in. God closed them up in there. But who opened that door? Only God. Who's opened this door for you and I right now? In the midst of where we were in our, as a church, in all situations, God has orchestrated this event to bring us together to be able to do what Noah did, to build this ark, to build this union God's way. It only has one door. There's only one way in, and that's through Jesus Christ. And God, Noah did exactly what God told him to do. Noah had to build the ark God's way. We got to do things. I, I wish I had time to show you the extensive planning going on in worship services where we coordinate all, and that's beginning right now today. We're looking at worship services now into the first of the year, trying to get everything planned and worked out and ready according to where we sense God's leadership as God's pastors to lead. Folks, I'm telling you, it's exciting to see God working and God has got us where He's working at the same time. There's a third thing. It's called the promise. Do what God says. God will do what He says. Build the ark. Do it exactly as He says. Do it. And then the promise. I love this one. And Noah believed it with everything he had in him. It's in verses 18 through 21. Here's the promise. God will take care of Noah and his family. Verse 18, but I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives. You're also to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of everything, from the birds according to their kinds, from the livestock according to their kinds, and from the animals that crawl on the ground according to their kinds, they will come to you so that you can keep them alive. Take with you every kind of food that is eaten and gather it as food for you and for them. Let me tell you what Noah's number one strength was. He obeyed God. He heard the command of God, no matter how far-fetched it seemed, and Noah would complete the task exactly how God said to do it. And in the process of accomplishing God's pur purpose in his life, Noah's strength came from his implicit trust in God. That's how much I want to trust God. 
I don't want to see what's around me or even what's ahead of me or even what's behind me. I want to see what God wants us to do day by day, piece by piece. We call it blind faith. That's almost a misnomer. But something that you can see, ladies and gentlemen, do you understand? That is not faith. Faith is looking out there saying, God, I don't understand it. I don't know what's out there. I can't figure it out. You're going to have to lead me. And God, just give me the good old common sense and spiritual sense to follow you. It doesn't matter whether you understand it at this point, even whether you believe it. It's the fact that you will follow God and you believe God. That's what matters. Do we have that same faith? Do we believe that God will take care of us, will sustain us as we build this legacy model? So there's the fact. God will do what He says. There's the instruction. Build your ark. Do it God's way. And then there's the promise. God will take care of you. Remember what He said to Joshua 1, verse 9? Joshua. Moses, the successor, going into the land that came to the promised land. And what did God say to Joshua? I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Folks, we're not in any of this alone. God is with us. Amen? It's the fourth thing found in Genesis chapter 6, beginning in verse 22. It's called the commitment. What's the commitment? Basically what I just said. Obey God no matter what. That's why I use this verse as the focal verse. Because it all boils down to this. The Bible says, and Noah did this. He did everything God commanded him. You and I have to be so in tune with God that we can listen and hear and watch what God does and obey Him. Follow what he says to do. And that's what Noah believed. He believed God when God said, I'm going to destroy the earth. He believed God that God had spoken to him personally and instructed him in chapter 6 to build the ark. And he believed God was going to save his family. And the only way you and I can be saved today is we believe God and his word and we take action. You know, you can listen to the truth on the cross, but if you about the cross, but if you have never intentionally invited Jesus Christ into your life, you're as lost as lost could be. The greatness of Noah's belief can be seen like this. We look at Noah, we see what he did. And how he trusted God to take care of things and to build the ark. Saving faith is believing and knowing that God is in control, even when all the circumstances point to the fact that He's not. That's what the circumstances point to the fact of in this world. But God is sovereign. God is in control. And Noah obeyed God no matter what. And you and I must do the same. Can't figure it out. We may not understand it all. But you know something, though, about Noah? Noah had no evidence. 
Noah, speak to him now. Lord, how do I know you're going to destroy this earth? How did Noah know? Wasn't a blueprint. Wasn't written down in a paragraph. There was only one way Noah knew what God would do. God told him. And he believed God. Folks, we take step by step by step on faith. What will happen a year from now? What will happen two, three, four, five years from now? I see people being saved. I see people being discipled. I see people's lives being changed by the power of God. We have an incredible opportunity on, on October 31st at our Hallelujah Harvest. Bill's leading that ministry. Hope you brought your candy. I brought a bunch yesterday. Got more coming. Y'all bring it over. Bring your cakes too. We'll do the cakewalk. That was such a big hit last week to say the least. We're doing it through Eastside, a publication piece, which will describe all the services at all three locations. We'll have in about 10 or 15 people or more, or maybe even more from the Eastside campus coming and helping us on that day, talking to people. But it's just a way to get the Word out. It's just a way to obey God. It's just a way. We've got a postcard being printed that says all the activities of Christmas, including our Christmas Eve service at this campus, the other two campus, the living Christmas tree and all will be on a postcard. You can give it out to people and say, listen, I'd like to invite you. Come join us at Eastside Baptist Church. Join us at the Olive Springs campus of Eastside. Sounds different. But it's okay. It's God's will. The fact, God will do what He says. The instruction, build your ark. Do it God's way. Don't ever forget the promise. He will take care of us. And obey God in a commitment. No matter what. I believe those four pieces of advice that Noah has given and God has given through His Word regarding this is what you and I to hear. There was an article written years ago based on Noah's Ark. It has a lot of truth in it for this message in our sermon today. And the title of it is Everything I Need to Know About Life I Learned from Noah's Ark. Some of you may have seen this, but it bears repeating. The first thing, don't miss the boat. The second thing, remember that we're all in the same boat. The third thing, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. The fourth thing, stay fit. When you're 600 years old, someone may ask you to do something really big. God is never in the retirement market. Number five, don't listen to the critics. Just get the job done. Number six, build your future on high ground. Number seven, for safety's sake, travel in pairs. Number eight, speed isn't always an advantage. The snails were on board 
at the ark with the cheetahs. Number nine, when you're stressed, float a while. And number ten, remember the ark was built by amateurs and the Titanic was built by professionals. Number 11, no matter how bad and treacherous the storm, when you're with God, there's always a rainbow waiting. Folks, I'm glad I'm in God's ship. And I'm glad he's piloting the ship. And I'm glad we're on the same boat. God has got a task for every one of us. Our commitment, like Noah, is simply to do it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for Noah. Thank you for his faith. And Father, thank you for the action in his life. I mean, you, I, I, I stop and think, as, as old as he was, and yet you put before him a task that, yeah, was impossible. But even then, it didn't bother Noah. There's no indication of Scripture that he wavered in any way. He just simply started building the ark, like you said. And so, Father, help us to build that ark, just like you said. Help us to trust you to build it your way. Help us to know that you are in every way going to take care of us. But help us make that commitment today to do what you say. Thank you, Father, for your love and for your power and for your strength. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Very appropriate invitation hymn. Only trust him. The words of that song and that hymn is absolutely incredible when it comes to Noah. Would you stand to your feet? Keith and I will be right here. Whatever you need from us, I want you to come as God would lead you. And we close this time of worship right now. Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord. And He will surely give you rest by trusting. Trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him now. He will save you, He will save you, He will save you now. For Jesus shed His precious blood, rich blessings to be. Plunge now into the crimson flood that washes white as snow. Only trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him now. He will save you, He will save you. Save you now.
good to be in the house of God. I'm glad you're here. And I want to remind young people in our college and whatever we're trying to build, uh, during this interim time, too, Bill Miller and a couple other guys are going to come together and meet in the youth area with them and trying to grow. And then Joel Diaz, who is the youth minister at Eastside, is also going to be working with us and folks as well. But I appreciate Bill and Christy. They will not be meeting to my left in, in the, this room here, but they'll be meeting now in Sunday school at um, in the youth area down the hall from the church office. So help us to know that. And help us get that word out as well. Also, don't forget to bring your candy for Hallelujah Harvest. We need that. We're not doing the trunk or treat. It worked out so much better last year where we gave everybody the same amount of candy. And so bring that candy. We'll pack it up, have it in bags, and give it out. And I hope you'll plan to be here. You can see Bill Miller. He's taking care of things, and he can give you the times. We'll be here from 6 to 8, but the times you need to be here to help us out. It's going to be a great, great time. And close us out in prayer, but before you do, tell us about November 1st. In November 1st, we've been practicing every Wednesday night. Several of the choir have been going to, to practice over east side. Some of the Christmas stuff we're working on, but also the stuff for November 1st. Um, so anybody that has not been in the choir, if you'd like to, we could even take the church uh, bus if we need to. But we leave here. This The next two weeks, we're going to leave at 6 to give people plenty of time to get here. Choir practices from 6.30 till um, 7.45 if you want to come and, and sing along with us. But on November 1st... The choir is going to meet here at 3 o'clock. We're going to be on risers up here on the stage. I'm hoping we'll have at least 50, if not more, from Eastside, Smyrna, and us all together. But I'm hoping even more than 50. But um, I know at Christmas time we're looking at over 100. But hopefully that would even happen that night. But it's just going to be a great night of worship for us to get together to get to know some of the east side people a little better, for them to know us. But all three campuses will be together. We will meet at 5 o'clock for that service, and it will go about an hour. But just a great time of uh, praising God and and, uh, and just being thankful for His provision and how He's blessed us in going forward with, uh, with this three-campus plan. Uh, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer before we go. Dear Lord, I thank you for just the opportunity to be here today, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to continue ministry in this location, Lord. And I just pray that you would just give us strength and, and wisdom and, and just help us to trust in you as we go forward. Just thank you for this sermon today. I thank you for Noah and his, his righteousness, Lord. Just the, the, um, the way that he followed you in such a, um, a big way, Lord. And he trusted you and knowing that the future looked strange to him and for all those around him, but he followed you and trusted in you. Help us to do the same thing. Just thank you for all your blessings. Just be with us in everything that we do this week, that we would honor you in everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.